Hey, you guys go ahead and grab a seat. Grab a seat. That was awesome. Rick Steele, everybody. God bless, God bless you guys. God bless you guys. Now, I, now listen, listen. Since Rick's up here, he's goofing around with this stuff. I'm going to pick on him. I, bet, I tried to bet Rick some serious money. His son was getting baptized, going to sing a song with his dad. I said, I bet you'd cry. He did not cry. He did not cry. Shake, he's shaky. And he's crying right now. All right. Well, hey, we are so excited to have you guys here today. Uh, I just want to welcome you. Uh, like I said, I'm Mark. I'm the lead pastor here at Summit. And, uh, and when you came in today, you got what we call our connection card. And that's just a great way for uh, us to get to know you, for you to introduce yourself to us. And we ask everybody, uh, whether this is your first time or you come here every, every week, we ask everybody, if you would, just take a few moments and fill that out. We collect those uh, during our offering time, which takes place after the sermon. And so uh, as our ushers pass around our offering baskets, you can just drop your connection card in there, unless you're a first-time visitor. Now, if you're a first-time guest, you are special. You're our VIPs. You, we are so excited to have you here today. And we also have a free gift for you. Uh, if you would just take your card, indicate on there, check that box, say, hey, I'm a first-time guest. When you leave... Uh, to your right out there in the lobby, just take that to what we call our connection point table. It's got all kinds of t-shirts, things like that. We've got a free gift for you at that table, all right? If you, uh, if you forget, put your card in the offering basket. Uh, just ask them for another card. We'll take care of you, hook you up, get you a free gift. But we are so excited to have you guys here. Uh, now, let me, let me uh, run through something really fast before we jump in here. I got a couple of dates that I think that you have got to know, okay? So if you if you take notes, if you're regular here at Summit, uh, you should write these dates down because these are big deals that I'm about to say, all right? Next Sunday, August the 5th at 6 o'clock right here, uh, we're doing a, a thing called Rethink Evangelism. We, we want to train and equip every single person uh, to impact your world. I'm telling you, it's an opportunity that you just can't miss. You just cannot afford to miss it. It's right here next Sunday night at 6 o'clock, okay? You, you just can't afford to miss it. Be here for that. Now, here's a big deal. Here's a big deal. Sunday morning, August the 12th, we will not be here, okay? Uh, we, we're, we're here every Sunday. We, we rent this facility, but Sunday morning, August the 12th, we will not be here. We'll actually be at Hazard High School right behind us in their gym. There's a, an event here that's going on, so we can't use it that day. We'll be back there in the high school, okay? If you forget, uh, we'll have greeters, we'll have parking lot workers, we'll uh, stop traffic, we'll jump in front of your car, uh, we'll do whatever it takes to make sure that you know that we're back there at the high school, we're not here on August the 12th, okay? Um, and, <clears throat> talk, uh, we'll, we'll mention this a little bit uh, more here in a little bit, but August the 12th, uh, we're going to announce something August the 12th that is the biggest thing that we've ever done as a church, and I'm asking you uh, if you consider Summit your church, uh, be here Sunday morning, August the 12th. That's all I want to say right now. But we're going to do something. We're going to start the biggest thing we've ever done that morning. It'll be at Hazard High School, August the 12th, 11 o'clock, okay? We're asking everybody, if you're a part of Summit in any way, shape, or form, uh, we'll go so far as to say this. Cancel your plans and be there. Just do it, all right? It's going to be a big deal, all right? All right, well, hey, we're going to pray, we're going to jump in, we're going to have fun this morning, all right? Let's pray real fast. Let me pray for us, get us ready. Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for what you're going to speak into our lives. And God, I thank you that, God, you have brought us here, not by accident. Nobody just simply woke up and said that they were going to come to Summit today. God, this is an appointment that you've had on your calendar before you created the world. God, you have set a meeting with all of us today. 
It's because you want to speak to us. And so, God, I pray that right now you'd prepare our hearts, that, God, we would listen to what you want to say, and, God, that you would do great things in this hour. God, I pray that you would just give me the words to say. Thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Um, let me ask a quick question here. How many uh, American Idol fans we have here today? Anybody American Idol? Right, anybody American Idol? Wow, only like three people watch American Idol. I didn't know that. I, I, thought it, I, didn't, I don't watch American Idol, uh, to be honest. I wasn't going to say I'm a fan. Um, but I'll tell you what I do watch of American Idol, and you'll probably admit to this too if you're honest. You, you can't lie in church because God will get mad and bad things will happen to you. Um, I'm just kidding. That, that doesn't happen. But... Um, but I don't watch American Idol, but I do watch, and this is what I bet you'll be honest, you'll have to admit this is probably true for you as well. Um, I, I do get into the first couple of weeks when the auditions are going on. Do you know what I'm saying? During American Idol? It's because during that time, the people who think they can sing, try to sing, and it does not go well for them. Do you know what I'm saying? Right? It's just the, the people, they walk into the room, they walk into the room in front of the most, some of the most talented people in the world, and these people are just convinced that they are dripping with awesome sauce or something. I don't, they're just convinced they're about to blow the judge's ever-loving mind. And they begin to sing, and it is horrible. Right? I mean, my, my, wife, my wife will attest to this. Man, I have a hard time watching that because I get really embarrassed for those people. I like, change the channel and turn it back. Change the channel and turn it back. And I'm cringing. It's just like watching a train wreck, right? And, and you look at the judges, and the judges are looking at each other like, you know, they just can't believe it. And, and, then, and then they're done. And then the judges say, listen, for the sake of humanity, never sing again, basically, is what they say. And you, and, but you watch that, and you think to yourself, what in the world are you doing trying out for American Idol? You are pitiful, right? I mean, why in the world would you even try that? And then you get your answer. Because then what happens is the camera follows them out of the room, and there's Ryan Seacrest with their family, right? And you know what happens? There's the family, and the family looks at him, and they say, Did you make it? And they say, No, I didn't make it. And they're crying, right? I didn't make it, Mama. I didn't make it. And the family looks at them completely serious and says... I can't believe you didn't make it. You are so talented. You're the best singer ever in the world. And the mom looks at the camera. My baby is so good. And we are all looking at her thinking, your baby stinks. Your baby should never sing as long as they live. That's what your baby needs to do. It's just horrible. And, and everybody knows. Everybody knows it, right? Except for them. And you think, how in the world did they not know? And, then it, and it's easy in that moment how they don't know. Because everybody around them has told them, hey, you're good. You're really, really, really good. When they should have said, don't you ever sing for the rest of your life. If you ever sing, you are grounded. They, right? But, but they've said what they didn't need to hear. And all of a sudden, here's this individual, they're on national television, and they've embarrassed themselves, and the whole thing could have been avoided had somebody said, don't do that. Well, well right now we're in a series called Landmines, and, and what we're doing every single week in this series, this series wraps up next week, you shouldn't miss the uh, way we're going to wrap this up, but what we're doing every week in this series is we're talking about things that can be underneath the surface in our lives, that if we don't deal with those things, they've got the potential 
to take us out. Things that, it, things that could be present in our lives that if they're not dealt with, that if we don't deal with them, if we somehow don't try to get them out, they've got the potential to cause us to miss everything God wants to do in and through our lives. They've got the potential to completely destroy us. And so every week we've talked about a different landmine. But you know, the thing about landmines is that you can avoid most landmines you can avoid most things in your life that have the potential to destroy you, that have the potential to cause you to miss what God wants to do in and through your life. You can avoid most landmines if you have somebody in your life that will look at you and say, you shouldn't do that. Hey, you know what? You, 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 should, you shouldn't go there. Hey, you know what? You, you really should not send that, that email. Hey, you know what? You, you really shouldn't make that decision. But that's a hard lesson to learn, isn't it? That's a really hard lesson to learn because we like to think we don't need anybody else. We don't need anybody else. In fact, one of the core values of being an American, and, and it's a great blessing to live here in this country. I mean, what we're doing right now, we get to... We get to uh, do what we're doing right now in this room because of the great blessings that we have as being, uh, being a part of this country. But one of the core values of this country is that, hey, you're an individual. You don't need anybody else. You can just suck it up, stick your mind to it, and you don't need anybody else. You can do whatever you want on your own. You've got big, broad shoulders. You don't need anybody else. And then a lot of people believe that, and eventually what happens in their life is they meet Jesus. And then when they bring Jesus into the equation, it really just takes it to another level because then they start to think, you know what, I've got Jesus, I don't need anybody. I don't need you, I don't need anybody's help, I've got me, and I've got Jesus. Jesus helps me with my problems, Jesus is all I need. I don't care if every person in the world abandons me, and I am all alone. If I've got Jesus, I, that's all I need, I've got enough, and that is the problem. That's the problem. See, because me and Jesus, as, as spiritual as it sounds, me and Jesus, I don't, I don't need anybody else. I don't really want anybody else in my life. Jesus is the only person that I need. You and Jesus are not enough. Now I've got everybody's attention. You and Jesus are not enough. You say, what in the world are you talking about? See, because when you go to the Bible... What you see Jesus talking about from day one, over and over and over, is the church. Really, really, really all Jesus talks about on every page, Jesus talks about the church. Did you know that the church is the only organization in the world that Jesus said he would build and not even hell could stop it? Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. You fast forward just a few pages into the book of Ephesians, and in the book of Ephesians, God inspires the Apostle Paul to write in your Bible that the church is Jesus' bride, that Jesus loves the church. He came for the church. He came to die and to save the church, and the church is Jesus' bride. And so if you're here and you've got a problem with the church, per se, but you say you love Jesus. Well, really, the Bible says that you've got a problem with Jesus. 
And see, I know that I, I, I want to be real sensitive here because I know that this is a really delicate topic. I want to tread really lightly because there's a big crowd here today, big crowd from front to the back, and I know that in a crowd this size, somebody here has been burned by the church. Right? There, there's somebody in the crowd and, and somebody that goes to a church or maybe some church told you you're never welcome there again. Somebody that goes to a church that you know is a Christian, they said something to you, they did something to you, they treated you in a way nobody should ever treat somebody, and you looked at that and you said, hey, if that's the way the church is, I'm out. If that's the way that the church is, I'm going to hit the eject button, forget this, I don't need them, I've got Jesus. And listen to me, listen to me, if that's where you're at, that's where you're at, hey, I just want you to know, man, I get that. I get that, because listen, some of the meanest people I have ever encountered in my life are church people. Can I get an amen? Amen. Listen, I've been to churches that are deacon-possessed. Do you know what I mean? Come on now. I mean, man, I, I get it. I mean, I've been at a place where I have said, Jesus, if the tomb wasn't empty, I would think these people are crazy. Right? So listen, listen, I want you to know, I want you to know I get it. You know, I want you to know I get it, all right? But see, what I want to do, if I could just come alongside of every person in the room, what I would want to say to you today, I would really just want to say one thing to you today. What I would want to say to you today is that the person that God wants to make you into, you will never become without other people. The, the person that, that God wants to make you into, you'll never become that person without other people. One of the greatest things that God wants to use in your life to make you into the person that He wants you to be are people around you this morning. In fact, we could say it this way. If you're taking notes, you can write this down. This is really the big idea I want you to get this morning. You will never be who God wants you to be without the church. You will never be who God wants you to be without the church. And so what I want to do today, I want us to see three reasons why you and Jesus are not enough. Three reasons why, why God wants to use other people into our lives. Why one of the greatest things God's going to use is into, to make us into the person He wants us to be are other people. And I want to do it by taking you to the book of Hebrews. And so if you've got a Bible, I want you to open up to the book of Hebrews, uh, chapter 3. Verses 12 through 13. Hebrews is in towards the back of the New Testament. It's right in front of the book of James. If you don't have a Bible, uh, we always put the words up on the screen behind me. And, and listen, hey, if you're here, you don't have a Bible at all, or maybe you've got one you just have a really hard time understanding, we have free Bibles in the back of the room. When you leave today, that Bible is yours. You just take it, no questions asked. We want to put one in your hands today. Hebrews chapter 3, verses 12 and 13 is where we're going to be today. And the author of Hebrews writes this. See, this, is, this is what they say. It's up here on the screen behind me. Listen to what uh, Hebrews chapter 3, verse 12 says. It says, Take care, brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living God. But exhort one another every day, as long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. I want to see three things today. Why you and Jesus are not enough about how God wants to use other people in your life. Three things just straight out of these two verses that we just read. Here's the first one. The first thing you need to see today is that you can't do this alone. You can't do this alone. And, and when, we, when we say this, 
really what we mean when we say this. We mean the Christian life. We mean the life that God wants you to live. You just can't do it alone. See, I, if, if you, uh, you don't have to do this. You don't have to turn there. But if you take your Bible and you go to the very beginning of your Bible, in Genesis chapter 1, God creates everything. And when God creates everything, God just creates the sun and the moon and the stars and galaxies and animals and everything that God makes. He looks at it and he says, that's good. That's good. Oh, that's, that's very good. That's very good. God creates man towards the end of, end of Genesis chapter 1. And God looks at Adam and he says, this is man. It's very good. And then you get to Genesis chapter 2 and God looks at Adam and there's nobody else around. Adam is all alone. And for the very first time, for the very first time, God looks at something that he made and God says, that is not good. It's not good that he's alone. See, it's not good to be alone. It's not good to be alone because, listen, alone, you can hide. Alone, alone, you can live in secrets. Alone, you can live in the dark. Alone, you can slowly begin to drift away from God. I mean, you can be at one place one Sunday where you are just fired up about Jesus. You are passionate about wanting to live for Him, wanting to serve Him, wanting to impact the world. And then next Sunday, and there's been no willful, deliberate sin that week. You haven't punched anybody in the throat that week or anything at all. But then all of a sudden, you come back to church the very next week, and all of a sudden, things have changed. You're not as excited as you were last week. You, you don't have the passion that you did last week. Your, your heart isn't as into it as it was last week. And do you know why that happens? See, the reason that happens is because the Bible says that my heart and your heart, it's like a stream. And, and streams constantly move. They constantly flow. And see, the Bible says that the natural direction of my heart my heart naturally flows away from God. That's why when God saves you, the first thing that He's got to do, He's got to give you a new heart. And that's why as God works in your life as a Christian, He continues to work in your heart. Why? Because unchecked, your heart naturally drifts away from God. And so the question is, how can it not? How can you keep your heart so that it naturally doesn't drift away from God, so that you can stay passionate about Him, so that you can stay in a position where God can use you at an optimal level? How can you stay there? Well, he answers it in verse 13. And in verse 13, he says, Exhort one another. Exhort one another. Really what he means when he says exhort one another, he means to challenge each other, to, to speak into somebody's life, to encourage one another. You know somebody that's about to try for American Idol and they've got no business doing that and you love them so much, you say, God, do not do that. For the sake of everything holy, don't do it, right? You just exhort and say, don't go there. Don't do that. Don't think that way. Exhort one another. See, here's why. Here's why you need this. You need other people to help you go. You need other, other people to help you keep going, to help you keep walking the Christian life. And alone, you can slowly begin to drift. That's why you can't do this alone. That's why you can't do this alone. It's not good to be alone. The second thing you need to see, second reason why you and Jesus are not enough, second thing you need to see is because Jesus wants to use you to impact other people. 
Jesus wants to use you to impact other people. See, God wants to do a great work in you, but God also wants to do a great work through you. God, God wants to do a great work in you. I mean, the work that God starts in your life, the work that God starts in your life is not primarily about us. I mean, first and foremost, it's about God. First and foremost, the work that God does in our lives, it's about Him, that He is so good and great. He would take people like us and save us and want to use us. And so first, it's about Him. And then it's about other people. And God wants to use you to exhort other people, to challenge other people. See, there are people in the room right now, you are carrying a burden that nobody knows about, and it is too big for you to carry on your own. And there are people sitting around you, you are sitting around somebody right now, and God has specifically designed you to encourage that person in a way nobody else could. There are some of you in the room, God has specifically designed you and equipped you to serve people that you're sitting next to, people that are sitting behind you, people that are sitting in front of you, to serve them in a very specific way. Jesus doesn't just want to do a great work in you. He wants to do a great work through you. But see, I've done this long enough to know, I know that, I know that a lot of people, you, when, you, when, I, when you start to talk this way, a lot of people just start to give excuses about why, about why that's not them. You know, people tell me all the time, Oh, Mark, I would really love to make an impact on somebody's life, but I don't know enough of the Bible. Oh, Mark, I would really love to make an impact on somebody's life, but I don't have a really outgoing personality. Listen to me. If you're here and you're a Christian, I want you to listen to this. If you're here and you're a Christian, the Holy Spirit of God lives in you right now. You've got everything you need right there in your chair to do everything that God wants to do through your life because you are not the only person in that chair if you've given your life to Jesus. The Holy Spirit of God lives in you today. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? The Holy Spirit lives in you today. And listen, listen. The Holy Spirit has given you gifts that He wants to use through you to serve your church. The Holy Spirit of God has given you gifts that He wants to use. He wants to work through you to serve other people. Listen, this is why, and we just need to camp here just for a few minutes. This is why every week we take some time out at Summit every week to tell you how you can get plugged in and volunteer at Summit. This is why every week we highlight the back of your connection card. We tell you to flip that card over because there's all kinds of volunteer opportunities on the back of it. In fact, let's just do that right now. If you've got your connection card, just take that card and flip it over on the back right now. Some of you are not moving. Take the card and just t- turn it, turn it like that. It moves as your hand goes. And, and, oh, and look, there's, there's some connection cards in the floor here. It's the bad part about sitting in the front row. I can just watch you. And you should just take it and you... Oh, there it is. There's the back. And see, on the back, we put all kinds of opportunities for you to serve. And listen, what we say this every week. What we do here at Summit, it literally could not happen without our volunteers. It couldn't happen. In fact, let's do this. If you volunteer at Summit in any way, shape, or form, if you're on a team where you serve in any way, shape, or form, would you just raise your hand right now? Right now, raise your hand. If you volunteer at Summit in any way, shape, Look at all these hands. Let's give these people a round of applause. Here's why. Here's why you should give those people a round of applause. Because there are people right now who are serving in Summit Kids 
your child has just set something on fire. They have to worry about it. You don't. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Right? Right? While people, right, see, you, some of you, you are being served right now and you don't even know it. Your children are being taught about Jesus. They're being taught the Bible. Their lives are being changed so that you can enjoy this service and God can speak to you and say everything that he wants. What those people are doing in that portion of the building matters more than they could ever know. Some of you are here. Listen, if that's you, you volunteer in Summit Kids, what God does through you in that hour, only in heaven will you see the full result of it. God uses you in ways that you'll never know the full result of it. Listen, some of you, you serve in guest services. Every week you hand out connection cards and you smile. This morning we practiced smiling. It was awesome. You, you sm we really did. It was a tremendous moment for our church. And you, you just hand out those cards. And listen, there are people who come here every week with their walls built up. I've never been to church. I hate church. These people probably drink Kool-Aid, some funky juice every Sunday. This is crazy. They walk in. You're smiling at them. They look at you and they think, that looks normal. I could be wrong, but that really looks normal. Those people look normal to me, right? And walls begin to come down. And I'm telling you, if you serve in guest services right there in the lobby, you are the first impression that people get of Jesus Christ. Why? Because you're the first face they see. That's why we tell every guest service, that's why we tell every guest service worker, worker, if you're not happy, fake it. Fake being happy, because God forgives liars. Praise the Lord, right? So... See, I got you laughing because, man, it's about to get real tense. It's about to get real tense. Uh-oh, that's right. Somebody said, uh-oh, uh-oh. Mm. Look at your neighbor and say that was a setup because it was. A um, whole lot of hands didn't go up a minute ago. Why not? Why not? See, the Holy Spirit of God lives in you so that you can serve your church. So that you can serve the church where God has placed you in. And listen, listen. You effectively cut off everything that God wants to do in and through your life when you look at God and you say, God, I'm not going to do it. Or you just sit on the sidelines and don't do anything. Listen, Jesus never saved anybody to set. He saves everybody to serve. Do you believe that? Jesus never saves anybody to set. You were not saved to simply get up on Sunday, put your pants on, and come and listen to other people do something. You were saved to get in the game and to serve. So, so listen, there is no... Do you still have your connection cards turned over? Do you still have... You should, you should right now. Because there is no reason that 20 people could not check right now that they want to serve in Summit Kids. No reason. Because listen, church, I'm telling you that what we start on August 12th, God is about to do something in this church, through this church, that are going to blow the absolute doors off this place, and we better get ready. We're about to step into the biggest thing that God's ever led us to, and if we want to keep with the growth that God's brought, we need more people to serve. So we need more people to serve in that area. We need more people to serve in guest services. So there is no reason why you shouldn't take a pen and check and say, hey, you know what? I'm going to get in the game. I'm going to serve. Oh, it's about to get even more tense. Let's do this. Let me talk to the men. Talk to the men for a second. Men, did you know that helping with kids is not a women-only job? Oh, it's on. It's on like Donkey Kong. I'm serious, fellas. I'm serious, fellas. Hey, let, let, let's stop the jokes. There are going to be kids that go home today and what they need more than anything else is a godly male influence. And now, wait, now hold on, hold on, hold on. 
save the applause for a second. Bring the applause, but not yet. Wait till the good point. I know what's coming. Um, listen, fellas, I'm not saying to stand up in, in front of those kids and teach. If you can teach, teach. But listen, if you can be a warm body in that room, be that warm body in that room. If you can help take kids to the restroom, help take kids to the restroom. Why? Because when that kid looks at you and they see you serving them faithfully every single week, I'm telling you that God can take you using a, taking a kid to the bathroom and use that in their life to shape them for all of eternity. Don't you dare underestimate what God can do in an hour because God can do more in an hour through you seemingly doing nothing, seemingly doing something that looks like insignificant on the surface. God can do more in an hour than we can do in a lifetime. So step up and serve. We need men to serve back there. Ladies, we need, more, we, we need people to serve. There's no reason to not check that box. Now see, I've been at this game long enough. I know the spiritual lingo. Some of you are saying this. Some of you are saying this. Well, I'm going to wait till God tells me to. I'm going to wait till the Lord just lays it on my heart. Listen, honey, that's because you ate too much at Taco Bell, all right? That's what that is. I tell people all the time, listen, listen. Listen, you don't need to pray about whether you should do something God's already told you to do. Romans chapter, 12, God's, uh, Romans chapter 12, God says that he saves us, makes us a part of the body so that every part of the body can play their part. 1 Corinthians says that every part, everybody has various parts of the body and all of those parts have a specific role, meaning everybody in the church plays their part. It's time to play the part if you're not playing a part. There's no reason why you just can't step up and serve. I am tired of Christians who look at, not, I'm not talking this church, I'm just talking the church in general and say, well, the church don't make much of an impact in our community. Or they look at the world and they complain about how bad the world is. And they just go to church and they just take it in. I, 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 I like to use this illustration when I talk about it. I like to think about it this way. I don't like sports really, but I like to watch sports with other people because I like to laugh at other people. Um, because I like to watch sports with other people because I think it's funny when people are in the stands or sitting at home with a bag of Cheetos and they're looking at the guy that's in the game and they're saying, how do you miss that shot? I could have made that shot. How did you not catch that pass? I could have caught that pass. Listen, there's a reason why Coach Cal has never called you. There's a reason. There's a reason you're at home with Cheetos and you don't have a jersey and you're not in the game. I bet, I bet, I bet the perspective is different when you're in the game. God hasn't saved you to sit in some lazy boy with a bag of Cheetos. God has saved you to put a jersey on and get in the game. Because Jesus wants to do a great work through you. Now you can clap. Right? I believe that. I believe that. I believe that. Right? Number three. Number three. Number three. Let's go. We're, we, we, we need to go. Number three. Here's the third reason why you and Jesus are not enough. Because you have blind spots. Third reason. You have blind spots. You know what blind spots are? You're driving. and You're driving. You look in your, your rearview mirror. You th you're about to change lanes. Oh, there's nobody there. You look next to you. There's a car. Right? You, you were looking... And at first you didn't see them, but you look in your blind spot, it turns out they were there the whole time. See, I have blind spots. There, there are things in my life that I struggle with that I don't see, but other people do. And, and what I need, I need somebody, just like he says in verse 13, I need somebody to come and exhort me and to say, hey Mark, you need to watch that. 
hey, Mark, you need to deal with that. See, we all have blind spots. And one of the greatest things that God can ever do for you is to bring somebody in your life who sees those blind spots and looks at you and says, hey, don't do that. Hey, don't go there. Hey, you need to work on that. Hey, you need to fix that. See, this is why life groups are so important. Let's get real practical. This is why life groups at Summit are so important. Because in life groups, you get the opportunity to get to know other people, to build relationships, and to grow in your relationship with God. In fact, in fact, I, I didn't want to just say that to you. I wanted to show it to you. In fact, I've asked uh, Eric and Paige if they would just come on up here. Let's give it up for Eric and Paige as they're coming. They're going to come up, and they can just walk up to this mic right here. And I've asked them to take just a few seconds, just a few minutes, and share with, them, share with us how God has used their life group in their life. They're in Jonathan Jett's life group, a fast-growing life group. I think there's about 1,000 people in their life group every week. It's amazing. And uh, so Eric and Paige are going to share about how God's used that group in their life. You guys go ahead. Well, um, I, I think we are a prime example of how uh, other people do um, help and uh, have an effect on you. I guess the easiest way to say that is just start from the beginning. Um, the first time I came to Summit, um, this is hot, <laughs> and uh, I came on Easter with my mother. Um, she came to watch Dylan get baptized here, and um, there's something that grabbed a hold of me as soon as I came here. And I didn't know what it was. I, it, evidently something Mark said, but uh, Paige had went to church with her parents that day um, because it was Easter. And uh, I met her after church and said, Paige, I do not know what's up, but uh, we're going back to church next Sunday. And I did a double take. She, <laughs> she, uh, she looked at me like I was crazy. But um, the next Sunday we came. And, uh, and she loved it. And as we was going out, I, I believe it was Jonathan, he asked us, you know, enjoy church, um, come to life groups. And um, honestly, the first couple times that we were asked, I, I shook it off. I, I wasn't going to life groups. Um, almost to the point, I thought it was crazy. And um, we, we, we jumped out there. Uh, Jonathan asked us, uh, I think, again, the next, next week, Sunday, the yeah. next Sunday. And uh, I know nothing's by accident, but uh, me and Paige was eating lunch after church, and I was just striking up a conversation. And I said, um, want to try life groups tonight? And no more than I got it out. She's like, yeah, yeah, let's try it. Let's go. And... Uh, that was honestly not the answer I was looking for. I was like, I have got myself in a trap here, and it's, it's, it's awful. And um, so we went that night, and we were nervous. Um, we didn't know what, what actually, we didn't what know what it's about. And uh, where Jonathan lives, I, I, I know my turning point. I, I can remember it like it was yesterday. Had my hands tied on the steering wheel. And I knew up the hills of Jonathan's, or I, I knew I could hang a left and go to Frojo's and get ice cream, and I could go home. I'd go home and it'd be done with it. And um, we, we went up the hill, and uh, well, honestly, I, I, I was probably sweating. 
and um, we was walking up to Johnson's door, not realizing we was 30 minutes fashionably late, and uh, Paige was, I hope they don't ask us this stuff. And hope they don't ask us questions, or hope, hope they don't questions. make us talk. And I, th I think a lot of people are, possibly it's not been the life groups are in the same situation we was in, you just don't know, and um, being in life groups, we, we've never been singled out. Um, I know the first couple times we probably didn't talk at all, and um, now they can't get Eric to shut up. Yeah, pro probably can't get us to be quiet now. But um, while attending um, life groups in here, um, I got saved, and um, I, if anybody knows me, knows I'm I'm very stubborn. I will not talk to anybody about anything whatsoever. Um, I hold it in. I, I'll figure it out for myself, and. Um, that's a prime example of that's uh, something I couldn't. And uh, I guess I went about two weeks, um, and it just hit me really hard one night. I think I was up, which I travel far away so um, for work, so I got about five hours every Monday and, and Friday to, to really think about what's going on. And uh, I was laying in bed reading the Bible one night. I, I think it's... 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning, and, and uh, I, met, I, I had somebody. I messaged Jonathan, and uh, I was like, Jonathan, some, something's up here, man. I said, I, I, need, I need to talk. And uh, he, he was more than happy to, to meet me, and uh, we had lunch, and I told him, I, said, I was like, I'm, I'm feeling this, and uh, every time, you know, Mark's asked for Jesus to come into your life, I was, I was like, I felt it, and I, I know what 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 I did. I said I, I've just been to other churches that I, I don't do what they do, and I said I'm, I'm real mellow. And uh, Jonathan put me at ease, and that's probably one of the greatest days of my life so far. And um, that our life group family mean a lot to us for that, and I'm, I'm glad I had Jonathan to talk to. And like Mark said, I, I couldn't have done it on on my own. And um, if it weren't for life groups, we probably wouldn't have done what we just did today, to be honest with you. You, you may have seen us up here um, without life groups, but I, I, I don't want to find out. Life groups uh, means too much to me. And um, I, just, I just think a lot of people, if, if you've not been to life groups, I don't think one person could go to life groups and leave there and honestly feel that that's not for them. I, I, I believe everybody should be in a life group. Each and every one of the people in our life groups have actually um, impacted us. They've been great influence, influences on us. And there's some people, honestly, we would in this church, we would have never met if it wouldn't have been for life groups. I think some of them sit on that side of the, of the auditorium and some of you all, and we sit over here. And uh, unless we're passing them, coming and going, we would have never met them and got to know them. And, uh, so that's why it's important just to try it out. To, to, we can stand up here all day and tell you what it's about, but until you actually take that first step and go, you'll never, you won't understand what it is until you actually go. And if you don't want to go alone, get up on me and Paige. You can, you can go with us for the first time so you won't be alone or anything like that.
See, life groups, what life groups are, they're just small groups. They get together throughout the week. They get to know each other. They, they get into God's Word. And the next semester of life groups start August 12th. Different groups meet different days, different times throughout the week. You should jump into one of those groups. You probably got a sheet when you walked in. If not, there's a life group table out there in the lobby. You just visit that. You can go to our website, summithazard.com. But you should take that step so that people are in your life that God would use to want to encourage you to keep going. But see, here's what I know. Here's what I know. Some of you need that encouragement right now. Some of you are about to quit right now. Some of you are carrying something that you shouldn't be carrying right now. And you're here, and the whole time you're, you're trying to spiritualize it, and you're thinking, well, God knows. Well, Jesus knows that's not enough. Because Jesus wants to use other people to help you to know you are not alone. There are other people who have walked this road before you, and they want to walk this road with you. So you're here today in a crowded room, and I don't know where you're at, but here's one I want to extend, you, extend to you today. I don't know where you're at today, I don't know what your situation is, but I bet... I bet if we went around, I bet there could be story after story. Person after person would say, Mark, I need prayer about this. I've got this thing in my life. I've got this situation in my life. I've got this decision in my life. I don't know what's going to happen. I bet if we went person to person, everybody in the room would say, Mark, I just need prayer here. I just need to know, is God with me in this? I just need some help. I just need some help. Today, you can get all the help that you need. And His name is Jesus Christ. And today, Jesus wants to help you and wants to encourage you because He's brought people around you. In fact, those people are sitting right around you right now. And He wants to use those people in your life. So here's what I'm going to ask everybody to do. Would you please stand right now? Stand with me. Let's all stand up. Everybody in the room stand. And I'm, I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to ask you to do, I'm not going to ask you any questions or anything like that. I'm not going to embarrass you. But I will say this. If you're here and you have a prayer need at all in any way, shape, or form in your life, would you just come up front right here and stand right now? Right now, just make your way. Don't worry about what other people are going to think about you. If you have a prayer need in your life right now, I want you to make your way from the back. I want you right here from the middle. I just want you to come here and stand. Just to come here and stand if that's you. Just come right now. People are coming all over. Don't get to the car and say, man, I wish I would have went. I'm not going to ask you to do anything other than this right here. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm just asking you to come right now. Some of, you, some of you right now, you're too proud to admit that you need help. Just drop the charade and just come up front. Just drop it. Just come on. People are still coming. People are still coming. I'm going to give you this chance. If that's you, if that's you, don't, oh man, oh man, it's after 12. Who cares? Who cares? You come right now if that's you. Every person up here and every person coming, that is a story. 
That is a name. And, and we might not know their situation, but God does. And God is with them. God is up here with them right now. And you know what? God wants to use you that haven't moved yet in the lives of these people. And so here's what I'm going to ask everybody that hasn't moved yet to do. And you don't have to do anything this morning if you don't want to. You don't have to do anything at all. But I'm asking you if you would, if you're there and you haven't moved yet and you're a Christian, you've got a relationship with Jesus, would you make your way up front right now and maybe put your hand on somebody's shoulder just to indicate to them you are not alone. I am with, you don't have to say a word to them. Would you just walk up front and just come right now if you've got a relationship with Jesus because God just wants to use you standing next to that person telling them, I am with you. You are not alone. People are coming right now. You just make your way through. You make sure you're standing next to somebody. Let's be the church. We, we don't need to talk about the church. We just need to be the church because that's who we are and the church loves one another and we care for one another. And so if you want to come up here, you make your way up here right now. You just feel this place right here, just around. You make sure you're standing next to somebody. Put your hand on them. I love that people are climbing over seats to get up here. That is awesome. And you do what? That's right. You do whatever it takes. This is great. This is the way it should be. Every week is the way it ought to be. You put your hand on somebody just to say, hey, you're, I'm with you. I'm with you. Jesus has got your back. And he's brought me up here to show you. I, I am with you. Church, let's pray. Let's all pray. God, you see every person that is standing up here right now. And God, you see every need that is right here represented. And every need matters. Every name matters. There is nothing insignificant that caused anybody to come up here at all today. Everything matters. And God, I pray that you would meet these people right where they're at and move in their situation. God, I pray that if they're, if they're close to the edge and they're about to, to jump off, God, bring them back. Don't let them take that next step. They're discouraged. They're about to quit. Don't you let them quit. God, I pray... That we as a church, that everybody that's got their hand on somebody, they're just standing next to somebody. Jesus, this is what it's supposed to be like. This is, all, this is what it's supposed to be like. That nobody walks through this alone. And we all need help. And Jesus, the proof that we all need help is that we all need you. And you came to die for all of us. We are all broken. I am broken. The band is broken. We... Everybody up here, we are all broken people, but we have a perfect Savior, so we don't need to fake it today. Father, I thank you that you are moving right now. With every head still bowed and with every eye closed, nobody is looking around. Here's what I want to ask you. Some of you, you need to give your life to Jesus Christ for the very first time. Have you given your life to Jesus Christ? Do you have a relationship with God. If you died today, you stood before God, do you know what would happen to you? Have you, have you given your life to Jesus? Do you have a relationship with Him? Is the, if the answer is no, listen, today is the day. Today's the day. It's not next week. It's not tomorrow. It's right now. God brought you here right now to save you, to change your life. You don't have to go out and clean yourself off first. Jesus has done it all. So right here today, you can just go to Him. And if that's you and you know you need to give your life to Jesus for the very first time, 
I'm going to pray a prayer, and I just invite you to pray this prayer to God right there where you're at. You just go to God right now in prayer, and you just say, Dear Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sin. Come into my life and save me. I give my life to you. I want to live for you. I love you. If you just prayed that prayer, I'm going to count to three. And as soon as I say three, would you just raise your hand? Nobody is looking around. If you just gave your life to Jesus, you want to begin a relationship with Jesus Christ. As soon as I say three, you raise your hand today. One, two, three. Raise your hand right now. Anybody in the room that would say, I want to begin a relationship with Jesus Christ. Today is the day for my new beginning. Today is the day for my fresh start. Anybody in the room? Anybody in the room? Listen, if you're here today and you want to begin a relationship with Jesus, when you leave, there are going to be people in the back of the auditorium. We would love to talk to you. We'll give you some more instruction in a minute. But don't you leave today before you tell somebody the decision you just made. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that this is what the church looks like, that we love each other, we encourage one another, that we are here for one another because, Jesus, you came for us. Father, we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Church, let's thank God today for this opportunity. What an awesome opportunity. Awesome opportunity today. Listen, you go back and you can get, go back to your seats. Don't, go, don't you go sit down before you hug somebody. You can do side hugs. Side hugs are acceptable if hugs are kind of odd to you. You can side hug, all right? Make your way back to your seats. We're going to take up our offering right now and dismiss. Man, thank you guys so much for being here. We know we went long today, uh, but church, I think it was worth it. Do you think it was worth it today? I think this was worth it. So you make your way back to your seats. And, and right now, as people are making their way back to their seats, this is a great time for you to fill out your connection card. Our ushers are going to get in place right now. We're about to receive our offering. And some of you, uh, some of you received a letter in the mail this week about, about giving and how significant it is. And, and one thing we wanted to point out to you, um, if you're here, you have an offering envelope, make sure that you fill out that offering envelope because if not, we're really not able to have a record of who gives through that means. So if you use an offering envelope, just put your name on there. And listen, everything that you give, God uses it to impact lives. So ushers, you guys go ahead and begin to take up our offering right now. You guys go ahead and begin to take up our offering right now. Pray for some. Hey, 
Our ushers are still taking up the offering. We're about to dismiss you guys. We want to thank you so much for being here today. And we're going to dismiss. Our band is going to play us out. Uh, but don't forget, if you're a first-time guest, make sure in the lobby, go to the right. We've got a free gift for you today. And listen, if you made a decision to give your life to Jesus Christ, or you want to pray with somebody at all, right now in the back of the auditorium, we have people posted. You indicate any decision at all on your connection card if you still have it. But you make sure you go to the back and you talk to somebody today. We're so thankful you guys came. Love you guys. We'll see you Sunday. Let's all stand and our band's going to dismiss us today. Let's all stand. I was right. It was a great day, right? All right. God bless you. We'll sing one verse and one chorus, and then we'll see you guys back next Sunday. You created me inside your great imagination. You're the one who gave me my first breath. You have overseen my life and brought me to redemption. And I know that you're not finished with me yet. Sing along. I'm reaching for you. I'm singing to you, I'm lifting my hands to praise you, I'm lifting my voice to thank you, I'm reaching for you, Jesus I need you, I'm giving my heart to know you, giving my life to serve you, I'm reaching for you. You have promised to complete the work you've started, faithful to fulfill your grace in me. Well, I'm reaching for you, I'm singing to you, lifting my hands to praise you, I'm lifting my voice to thank you, I'm reaching for you. My heart to know you. I'm living my life to serve you. I'm reaching for you. Oh, oh, oh.